I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She's going to call me when she's a freshman in college and she's going to like have some sort of like deadline and she's going to be crying and she's like, please sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star Mom. And I totally fucking will. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And it's been a while. A couple weeks. And as usual, a lot of shit has happened. I've actually been to Aspen, Colorado and New York since we last spoke. Two places. And you're back home now. I'm back home for three and a half, four days. Yes. And then you are off on your Parisian adventure, yes? My Parisian adventure, yes. Yes, good. <laughs> I just and want to cry. And it's like mass chaos before then, right? It's absolute mass chaos. Like, everybody wants something from me before I leave. And it's like, I, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. And it's always such a hard spot to be because anymore, no matter where you are, you're, you can be connected, but you don't want to save all this stuff and bring it. Mm-hmm. You know, or not even bring it, but just have to think about it and do it. So you try to cram it all in and there's no way there's enough time. Well, I also have to, so I'm gone for three weeks and I have to make sure that certain money is moved around so that bills get paid. And like, I'm trying to juggle this in my head about like, okay, this is coming out of that account and this is coming out of that account. And the day that I get home, I pay rent and then insurance comes out that day and making sure that all of that is arranged is a mathematical puzzle that I'm putting together in my head on top of, I haven't unpacked from New York yet. Oh, wow. Well, that's fun. Yeah. New York kills me every time I come home and I feel like I'm 40 years older. New York is such a weird place in a wonderful way, but it's it's got a bizarre sense to it, I think. It's the most unforgiving place in the world, that's for sure. I mean, it doesn't give a shit that you can't get to your destination because the train's down. Oh, ooh, do we not tell you that? Oops. <laughs> right. You'll figure it out when you when you get to the station. And so I took a different train. I was meeting a friend in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. So I took a different train and ended up in Dumbo. And then I get up top and I look at the Google Maps and from Dumbo to Greenpoint where we were going to meet was an hour and a half walk. Oh my God. So I was like, okay, I'll just pull up an, I'll pull up Uber. And the Uber app would not work. <laughs> the Uber app would not work where I was. It just would not geolocate me. So I finally flagged down a taxi driver who did not speak a word of English and I'm telling him where I'm supposed to go. And he's like, directions, directions. <laughs> so, oh, God. Like, you have to navigate? Oh, man. Yes, I had to navigate. <laughs> and I was like, and, and this is sort of a um, a litmus test for where I am in, in terms of my mental health. Six months ago, I would have been angry. <laughs> I, I may have committed, like, murder six months ago. At that point, because it was so hot and it was just like, oh, my God, this this panic stricken, like, I just want to get to where I need to go. And I'm willing to do all the right things. But like each thing was just sort of like this roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. And instead, I was like, oh, well, then I'll just, you know, I'll do an Uber. Oh, well, then I'll just get a taxi. Oh, I'll then I'll get the taxi driver the, the directions. Oh, OK, here I am. I'm at my destination. Everything's fine. <laughs> so you just totally rolled with it. Yeah, it's like I totally, totally rolled with it. And so when I was sitting down at this restaurant, I was like, huh. And I, I, it, was, it was actually a realization like, oh, I would have been so mad six months ago. And I was fine. I was perfectly fine. It's just like, it's just what New York does. 
It, it yeah. tests you repeatedly mm-hmm. and usually without you even realizing it. <laughs> and I think the last time I was there was in June and it was also really hot, like miserably hot. And there's something about the heat there with, I think, just all the concrete. Yes. That's really oppressive. That's what I'm trying to explain to people. Like last night we were here for July 4th and it's, you know, it was about 100 degrees outside yesterday. And everybody at this barbecue is like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> right. Nope. There is no humidity here. You get no, no. It was only like 85 degrees in New York. But because of the pavement and the buildings and the humidity, it was, oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It's like and, being. And you don't, you don't ever stop. Yeah. Like you're kind of always going from place to place. Mm-hmm. So you're always moving, and that just makes it worse. It's it's like this oppressive sauna heat that is unique to itself because it's, you're like, well, wait a minute, it's only 85 degrees. I've been in 85 degree weather many, many times, but there's something about that concrete, which also, you know, dehydrates you, which also makes it so that when you have one drink, you're completely wasted. <laughs> oh, Yeah. And time just kind of warps into this weird, like, continuous loop. (laughs) Right. You just suddenly realize, fuck, it's 2.30 in the morning? What? (laughs) Like, everybody's still going. Everybody's still going. (laughs) And you're now, like, three drinks past where you should have ever ended up. Way past. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so, you like, on the way home, you, like, stumble, and you're like, falafel sounds really good right now at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're with... If you decide to do that, there's so many other people oh, yeah. that have made the same terrible decision. I got pizza at three in the morning and waited in line for 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it was raining. I waited in line in the rain for pizza. <laughs> the rainstorms there too, are like it's just like these flash storms. Like they come out of nowhere and just downpour. It's just so different. Like I, two years ago, I was there. Uh, the day that the Supreme Court passed the marriage, the gay marriage decision. That's the technical term for it. The gay marriage decision, Heather. Um, This is my travel brain right now. So the city was just filled with celebration. And I had stayed out until 2.30. And I was like, ah, man, I need to go back to my hotel and at least try to get some sleep. And there was this this falafel joint. (laughs) And I was like, that sounds really good right now. And I went in and I met two gay men who had traveled that day to come up to New York to celebrate. And they got falafel too. And then they were from Atlanta. Me and these two gay men are eating falafel and walking around New York City. We walked around New York City until five o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. It was like, this is like the quintessential New York experience. Like, you know, it was amazing. I didn't feel good the next day. In general. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, no. (laughs) No. No. Seems like a great. A great time at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You wake up the next morning and it's like, oh, oh my God. Oh, New York. New York happened to me. Oh, yeah. And you know, like in the back of your mind, it's going to happen all over again. Uh huh. Like no matter what you do, it <laughs> just, it sucks you in. You're like, I promise I'm going to be home by midnight tonight. Nope. Nope. No, nope, not, not even close. By the time you think maybe you'll go home at midnight, it's 2 a.m. again. Yeah. There's like a force yeah. field that like keeps you away from going back to your hotel or wherever you're staying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good times. Yeah. Well, but how did the drop off go and the, and the travel and like the last, you know, day or two with the girls? So. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to I'll talk about this. I was going to write about it, but then I thought if I write about it, maybe somebody's going to turn me in and I'll get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the uh, have you seen Wonder Woman? I have not yet. No. So I I read headlines. That's all I read. I didn't want to read anything about it. Um, but I had heard from several friends. No, like, listen, you have to take your kids, your girls. You have to take your girls to see this movie. Between getting home from Austin and then getting going to Aspen and then getting like my kids ready for New York, I have had zero minutes, zero minutes to do anything other than the absolute minimum of 
what it takes to survive my job and my kids. I was like, what am I going to make it to a, a theater and do this? I don't know what to do. And then I realized and I remembered, oh, I have an Amazon fire that I had jailbreaked. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I, a couple nights before uh, we left, I found uh, like a Japanese screener of the movie. So it wasn't high quality at all. And the sound was kind of bad. And there were Japanese subtitles, but we wa- we got to watch the movie. It was it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I had chills the entire movie. Like Lita really enjoyed it. Marlo, you know, she was she was there for the experience of being there with me and Lita to watch a movie, but most of it went over her head. And I won't give anything away, but like, you know, the 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 theme of the movie and a theme of a lot of movies and but like the core of this movie is love. The power of love. There's this really climactic point in the in the in the movie, and where that point is driven home, and Lita was on the floor and Marla was in my lap, or her, her head was in my lap, and she and I both started silently crying at that moment. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> and Marlo's just sitting there, not even like aware. No, no, Marlo was crying. Lita is. Oh, Marlo's crying. Marlo's crying. Oh so Marlo's in my lap. Marlo's head is in my lap. She and I both just that moment just hit us like 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 a brick, like a brick to the chest. Like it was just like we both started crying. And Lita, we finished watching the movie and Lita turns over and she sees us both and she goes, Oh hey guys. Oh my god. <laughs> and she gets up on the couch and she puts her arms around both me and Marlo and she says, Hey, it's gonna be okay. And then both Marlo and I started sobbing (laughs) oh wow sobbing sobbing i don't care what anybody says about that movie and i can some of the headlines i saw were that it wasn't feminist enough and but that key point that 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 component of love it just touched marlo in such a tender way because she knew she's so sentient about what's what's happening that the emotion that she was feeling leading up to leaving just poured out of her. That night, I I sing um, the same four songs to her every night um, when when we go to bed. And that night, for the first time in her life, she sang the words out loud with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. She said, when it was over, you know, I had my hand on her face and she said, she started crying again. And she said, I don't want you and dad to be divorced. Oh, God. And I said, why are you saying that? And she said, because, because I have to leave here and go there. And then when I, have, when I have to leave there, I'm leaving him. And I don't want to leave. And she's oh. always left something then. Yeah, that, that movie just brought this. Because she's not one to talk. She's not one to share her feelings. She's, you have to really dig it out of her. And she just started talking. And then she cried for a couple of hours on the plane. And then she cried in the car. And then she cried. She was sobbing as I dropped her off. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. It was really hard. It was really hard. (sighs) I'm okay. And was this (laughs) this totally different than how it went last summer? Yeah. Was she better with the drop-off last summer? Yeah. I don't think that she fully comprehended that we wouldn't be seeing each other for a very extended period of time. And she was very well aware of it this time. Very well. Like she was very hyper sensitive to that fact. I actually talked to her yesterday. She called me. They were at a bagel shop walking around when she she texted me and said, I want to call. I want to talk to you. And they're in a bagel shop and she's sobbing. I want my mom. I want my mom. Please. I just want to see you. Please. I just want to see you. And I just, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. My, my baby girl is just crying her eyes out. And all I could do is just cry with her. I said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And she texted you to she, call? Um, she texted, John texted and said, hey, Marlo wants to talk to you. Are you around? And I was like, of course, always. And that alone... I mean, if I remember correctly, she's not a big phone person. So you probably know immediately, like, this is not good. 
yeah, she is not a phone person at all. So I knew immediately that, okay, because he said, what he said first was, hey, the the following is from Marlo. And she texted me like six crying face emojis. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, please talk to me. Please, please FaceTime me. So I FaceTimed her and she, I just immediately, I see her face and she's sobbing. And, and, and I know that part of that is she's in that heat. (laughs) New York is doing New York to her. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah. She's in that heat and she's walking. They have to walk everywhere, which she's not used to. So I know that part of that is just like, oh, I'm here doing this routine that I'm not used to. Right. Surrounded by pavement and, you know. Mm -hmm. But even the expression of, I want my mom, I want my mom. Like, she's never really expressed herself like that. And uh, so it's really... I'm I'm still really tender about it. Have you talked to her since that call? No, I, I was, I'm trying to give her as much, like I'm trying to give her space to get into that routine so that she's not so sad. And I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like I want to call her, like I want to talk to her all day long. My mom even wants to call her, but she's afraid to bring her back into the sadness. So, yeah, it's almost, it makes you wonder if no news is good news at this point. Uh-huh. Like if she's really not crying and thinking about it, then she's obviously not telling John that she wants to talk to you. And then I guess it's good-ish mm-hmm. or better. Yeah. But then it does leave you in that state of unknown. Yeah. Well, and I found out a few months ago, you know, not even a few months ago, like I guess maybe a month ago when I when we were talking about her trip to New York and... And I asked her, I said, well, you always want me to sing songs to you. And she's like, yes, of course. I want you to sing songs to me every night, every night. And I'm like, well, your dad will sing songs to you. And she said, no, dad doesn't sing songs to me anymore. And I was like, why? And she's like, dad told me that I'm too old for this. Crush, crush, stomp, stomp. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I went there. There's so much to say about that. Well, it's his loss because it's just the most amazing moment in my day with her. So, I mean, honestly, if she wants you to sing songs and she's 16, mm-hmm. like, what is the harm in that? <laughs> I just, I don't get it. She's going to call me when she's a freshman in college and she's going to like have some sort of like deadline and she's going to be crying and she's like, please sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star Mom. And I totally fucking will. Of course, because what the hell do you have to lose? Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. There's not an age cap on this shit. (laughs) No. You know, you can only be on the same page with so many things, I guess. It has been a fucking roller coaster because the day before we watched Wonder Woman, my flight from Aspen got canceled. Canceled. Weather? They couldn't land because of the wind or something. Uh, Okay. So I was going to be stuck in Aspen for another day. And then I would only have one day at home to go before I left for New York. So I rented a car and I drove seven hours home from Aspen. So you were super well rested by the time you got back. Super, super well rested. (laughs) You know how much I love to drive. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alone, too, right? I mean. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's good Lord. Yeah. I was like, okay, in the middle of all of this, an unplanned road trip from Aspen. Yay. But that's one, so you'd have one day, not only to spend time with them, but one day to actually get them ready for six weeks away. Yeah. And God oh, yeah. bless my mother, who getting Lita packed for camp is a full-time job. She has like a list of a hundred different things that she has to have. And so my mother helped out tremendously with that and actually coordinated with John everything. But yeah, getting home and like getting myself, all my work ready for me to leave. Yeah, it was just, it's been chaos. It's been absolute chaos. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's anytime you go and and it's like you're leaving for a long time and they were leaving for a long time. And the weird thing about that chaos, though, is I feel like I feel like it's kind of the same chaos, whether you're leaving for four days or four weeks. Like there's it's not like based on duration. It's just based on the change in rhythm. Yeah. It's based on the fact that you you have this limited window to get it all done. Right, exactly. Before you have to get on a plane and go elsewhere. 
Yeah. And are you basically just packing up, like mobile officing it? For for Paris? Yeah. yeah, When I'm gone, yeah. I just take my my computer and... But see, there's all this banking stuff that has to happen so that... (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's never easy. I mean... No, and I've got to coordinate two different house sitters for Coco. I've got to go see a, a doctor because the doctor won't refill my fucking prescription and, unless I go in and see him. It's like, dude, do you understand? <laughs> not making it better. You're not making my depression better. Just refill the prescription. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots to fit in. How is your summer going? How is it going? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> it's It's just a constant... I want to say it's a balance, but it's really not because it's always off balance. It's it's just squeezing squeezing time in here and there when you can without interruption with interruption and you know, I mean, I guess I can't say it's any different when you have more than one kid, but with with just Lexton, like he's great at entertaining himself for an hour or maybe two, sometimes even for longer periods. But I can't expect him to do like six hours a day for five days of entertaining himself. And I think we talked about this. It's like, then there's the kids who want to come over because they can't have friends over at their house because their parents are gone. But I don't want a bunch of kids over because I'm trying to work. So I feel like all of these, like every kid just ends up at home because there's nowhere to go. And then they're stir crazy. And so inevitably I end up taking chunks out of the middle of my day to try and do things or shuttle people around or something. Yes. And it's delightful and I get a lot done, but it's like it, I mean, I I feel like a broken record, but it's just, there's, there's no break. Like it doesn't ever get worse, but it doesn't ever get better. It's just kind of this constant state of disorganized chaos. Which is probably why when I play, I play hard. I play hard. Um, You have to. Because I knew when I got back from New York that it was just going to be you know, balls to the wall, balls to the wall <laughs> before I left. You texted earlier, you're like, how are we alive? I don't, e- don't even answer that question. There is no answer to that question. Don't know. It's at such a breakneck pace that when you actually stop for a minute to try and like get your head around it, you, you can't. No, I've hired um, my sister-in-law to help me out a few hours a week with my email just to try to keep up with it. And even with her help, like I open my inbox and there's like 60 emails. <sighs> it gives me such, I get such terror from it. And I get so, I do get angry. I, I will admit to getting angry at some of the emails from people who I've, I've explained to them like seven times, I'm not working with you. I'm not working with you. I'm not working with you. And then you're filling my inbox with, well, what, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? And it's like, leave me alone. Like maybe if we come at it from a different angle, the maybe answer will if, change. Maybe, can't you just give it to me for free? Can't you just do that? And I'm like, no, I can't. No, mm-mm. free doesn't pay my rent. And you know, there's a fine line. Like everyone does things out of the goodness of their heart, but come on. Oh, and, I, and at this point, I'm just, I'm just going to copy and paste. I'm going to Paris for four weeks. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Uh, I've been getting different opinions from people about this whole Paris excursion. Some people are just like, oh my God, this is going to be the most incredible thing you've ever done. Holy shit. And then there's the 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 uh, portion of the crowd that's like, oh my God, I would get bored after three days. What are you going to do? <laughs> but I think it all depends on approach. I mean, I think if you go with like the, the oh my God, it's going to be the best thing ever. Uh-huh. You're going to burn out before four weeks. Like you just, you will. But if you go with the boredom approach, you will get bored. You have to kind of play it somewhere in the middle. And you're there long enough to essentially live there. Yes. It's not a trip. You're just taking yourself and your work and and plopping down somewhere else. Yeah, what I'm doing. That's totally awesome. I'm I'm taking myself out of the disarray chaos of my house, the responsibility of my dog, the responsibility of organizing everything and putting me in a place a beautiful place, an inspiring place where the only thing that I can do is work. Like I either, I either go have fun in the city 
where I come back to the place and the only thing that I can do in that apartment that I'm staying at is go on my computer and write. That's all I can do. Yes. That is the, that is how I'm going. Yeah. And it's going to be super hot. There is no air conditioning. (laughs) Oh God, I just figured that out. Um, So. Is it supposed to be hot there too? I mean, miserably hot. It'll be in the high 80s the whole time I'm there, oh, if not the 90s. Yeah. What what floor are you on? Second floor. Oh, okay. Mm. Not too bad, but... That sounds lovely, though. <laughs> It'll be toasty. <laughs> Hopefully there's a breeze. And I had all these... I had, you know, these plans to study up a little bit on French before I left, and <laughs> I just... I'm laughing. <laughs> when was I going to do that? When was, oh, yeah. when was I going to do that? Maybe after you're there, you know, <laughs> Yeah. by the time you're gone. Yeah. While I'm there, I'll just download an app. I don't know. I have no idea. I did drop a major, major, major ball. Like I missed a deadline and I'm not going to make the deadline. I'm actually like I, I so overbooked myself for June that I have really fucked something up. Like there's no recovery. There's no recovering. I can't. Like I, can't. I do not have the, the minutes in the day to do it. There it is. I dropped it and the world didn't end. It sucks, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's nothing you can do to change it. Like you get to that point where even if you just drive yourself into the ground, it's not going to make any difference. Mm -mm. So it's a really fun way to send yourself off. Oh, I have two deadlines before I leave, by the way. Oh my God. Yeah. In like three days? Yeah. Two major deadlines. And are you juggling deadlines when you're there too? No. So that's, that's that's why I overbooked June was like, I'm not doing anything other than writing this book writing portions of this book while I'm there. I'm not working. I'm not doing sponsored posts. I'm not, I can't think about anything else while I'm there. Just, I won't do that to myself. And that change of location too. I mean, not only does it force you to work, but it's also, it forces you out. And I I think we, I'm sure we've talked about this, but it forces you out of that lingering emptiness that's at home without your girls. Like you don't have to, I mean, it will obviously they're top of mind, but in a very different way when you're not there. Yes. The walking by their rooms and actually hiding my face as I walk past the room. Like, I physically fucking do that. It's so stupid, but I can't look at the room. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is it. That's interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, I feel that way. I, not not enough to hide my face, but every time he you know, Lexton is gone for the weekend, it's always weird to go to bed and his bedroom is right beside mine. And look in there and his bed is made. And, you know, the nightlight's not on. There's not. It's just empty. Yeah. And it's always a weird feeling, even though it's only a couple nights and even though it happens twice a month. It's really strange. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When I was coming home on Monday night, I sat down and I got an upgrade. I will say this. The universe was like, we're sorry about that cancellation in Aspen. Here's a first class upgrade, Heather. Whoop, whoop. That's nice. (laughs) Hell yeah. And, um... I sat next to this guy who he's like, we, he was chatting me up a little bit and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I just dropped my kids off. They're here for the summer and I'm going back home. And he's like, oh, my kids are, oh, I remember those days. My kids are in college now, but yeah, you'll probably be sad for a little while, huh? <clears throat> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, little bit. Just a little bit. I, I, put my headphones on because I did want to I was sort of sending the signal like I don't want to talk anymore and I turned on some music and we taxied 
and sat on the runway for another hour, oddly. All these songs came on that my kids and I listened to. Um, usually, this is so weird, like usually music reminds me of relationships. And all these songs that I was listening to were reminding me of driving my kids to school every morning. And I sat, I sat there for an hour and sobbed. <laughs> Oh my God. I was like wiping the tears from my face the whole time. And I could see, I could feel him looking at me. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, wow. Every morning when I dropped her off at middle school, she would love this song. Wouldn't you shut up? <laughs> Usually it reminds you of relationships, but I guess that's indicative of, you know, the relationship that you've been developing with them in such close proximity. Not, not, you know, Physical proximity, but just in general. Yeah. Like you said, you walk by there. You, like I, I, I see Lita's room. I see the pillows on her bed. I see the poop emoji pillows in, in Marlo's room. And it's like, oh my God, there it is. <laughs> there are her puppies lined up. Yeah. And now you go, you go for four weeks and you, are you picking them up in New York and flying back with them? How is that working at the end of the trip? No, Lita will be in camp until like the, 10th of August or yeah 10th or 11th of August and then he will fly them home um he hasn't booked that ticket yet apparently so he, he's gonna bring them home like the 13th or 14th okay. they start school the 21st of, of August so that's a whirlwind so they will be home yeah they will be home less than a week before they start school wow yeah and he, he's actually flying back with them. So they don't ever fly as unaccompanied minors. Not if I can help it. Okay. No. Both of them have expressed that that is not something that they want to do. Lita especially has been like, please don't make me do that. And I said, as long as I can afford to do it, I will make sure that someone is with you. So he will he will fly back with them uh, in March. Right. Well, what, what, what year is it? Right. <laughs> And it's already halfway through this year, too. That's what's insane. I know. God. This year compared to last year, when I dropped them off last year, like, I was a wreck. I was just an absolute, I was a wreck. Did I drop them off last year? It's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, I was a wreck, and I got home, and I was just a wreck. I was in a bad, bad, bad place. And it wasn't just because I missed them. I was just already just bad. And despite the fact that I haven't had a moment to sit down and, you know, relax, quote unquote, relax for the last month and a half, like dropping them off and being sad and all of that, it's nothing compared to where I was last year. And like, I can, I, I know that I can handle this. I know there's an end to it. Like as I, the, the, the sorrow that I feel is just their absence. It's not this all encompassing sorrow of, of, of my life. I'm so happy about that. Looking back a year ago when all of this was happening. Yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. I think you did drop them off because I feel like I remember you being in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's the it's the it's the emotion you should be feeling rather mm -hmm. than like this amplified exaggerated version of it, which is good. I mean, it's still not good, but good. It's good. It's how it should be. There's a part of, there's an evil, evil, evil part of me. Lita really wanted to go for the six weeks of camp. And like, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, the letter from her, like at week four, where she's like, <laughs> Do you think, I mean, is that, is that fairly likely? Or do you think she's totally cool this time around? Uh, last year, she sent me a letter about the second week. And she said, I'm having a great time, but I'm really, 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 really homesick. And I don't want you to think that I'm not having a good time because I am, but I'm having a hard time not crying because I miss home so much. That was the second weekend to a three-week camp. Oh, wow. And, you know, she's older and she's she's got the lay of the land more, but um, six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks is a long time. Mm -hmm. Just to be, I mean, even, I don't know, I feel like even as an adult, to spend six weeks away from my home base. It's a long time. It's like a very long time. You're kind of just ready time. to be home. 
she, even if you're only home for like a like a day, enough time to sleep and do laundry. Like you need you need to touch home. Uh-huh. She's addicted to her phone. She's addicted to it. And she's again, there are no devices at this camp. None. Zero. But now she can call like once or twice or something? There's two I think there are two days that she can call. And I will call her father on those days because I'll be seven hours ahead or six hours ahead. You know. So so you'll call him like, what's the scoop? How's she doing? Yeah, I'll call him and then he can say we're, because I, I think what he's going to do, because it's basically a visitation day and he'll probably, I don't know if he'll go out and see her. I don't know. I don't know these things. Um, but she can call those days and p- parents can visit on those days. And it's like a couple hours. What is it from him? Um, I think it's about an hour and a half from him. That's not so bad. I don't know if you saw this, that Chris Christie closed all of the national parks for the weekend. Did you see this in no, New Jersey? I didn't. Oh man. <laughs> I was talking with my friend who I met in Greenpoint. She lives in New Jersey. And she was like, Yeah, our motherfucking governor <laughs> closed all of the parks and was kicking people like Cub Scouts out of the campgrounds for the fourth of July weekend. And I was like, What does this mean for the camps? Because her camp is in New Jersey. And she's like, It probably won't affect them because those are mostly on private land. But what a dick move. It was such a dick move. And obviously like a last minute thing, right? It was because they couldn't come to, um, they couldn't negotiate a budget. And so he's basically punishing. It was basically like laying out the size of his penis to say, you know, well, guess what I'm going to do? And he closed the beaches. He closed the beaches, which are, are and, and there's these photos of him and his family on the beach, just him and his family. <laughs> After he closed the beaches. Yes. Come on. So that's how he's going to teach the state a lesson is by yes. punishing families and children. Yes. Oh, my God. You'd hope, I mean, you would hope even if the camp isn't on private land, like it's a long-term, I would imagine, like a, a contract, a long-term contract. You'd hope there's something. Yeah, exactly. Cause, wow. Yeah. It's out of Always my hands. Always an adventure. Out out of my hand. And if they, I mean, even, even if it came down to, obviously it didn't, I mean, she's still there, but even if it came down to something like that, it's still out of your hands. Like still, Mm -hmm. he would have, John would have had to go pick her up. Yeah. And then bring her back if that's what the arrangement was. I mean, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. I mean, I live in Illinois and Illinois is a mess, so I can't really, (laughs) can't really say anything, but. Is it pretty, is it, is is it a mess? Oh yeah. With budgets and it's, it's, yeah. Yep. Slowly falling apart little by little. Yeah. I think, was it the Wall Street Journal? I can't remember where it was, but Illinois was like, if not the worst, like one of the worst states to be. So it's pretty great, you know. Yeah. Although I I don't think our park's closed, so we have that going. Yeah. Utah has seven national parks, I believe. Seven of the most beautiful national parks, national parks in the world. I would, I, I am going to brag about Utah for a second. Yeah. I've, and I haven't been to all of them, which is stupid. <laughs> but, uh, still time. Still time. There's still time. I mean, I guess I could have gone to like arches and like rented a condo down there, but I would just still be, I don't know. I need to, like, leaving the country is going to force me really, is going to force my hand, like, Heather, you've got to do this. you got to sit down and do this. I mean, I think the distance, like the ocean. I mean, if you were still in <laughs> Utah, ocean. you'd feel like, well, it's been two weeks. I'm kind of bored. This isn't what I thought. I'm going to go back. Yeah. But when exactly. you put that much distance, like yes. you, that's, that's not going to happen. Because it'd be really easy to drag yourself back home. Be like, I'm just going to put the book aside for now and work like work work not book but work you know and you won't feel compelled to do that the farther you get i think Mm -hmm. hopefully well i also keep getting i may have told you this and it could be coincidences but i keep getting into conversations with people that are like little nudges from the universe going you have to write this like you have to write this heather just the most random out of nowhere conversations where someone will say something to me and I'll say, oh, I'm writing this book about something. And they're like, wait a minute, what? And then they tell me their story 
and they're like, you have to, you have to do, you have to do this book because of this and this and this. And they tell me their whole story. And it's just like, oh my God, like you just wrote another chapter for me. Wow. That happened twice in New York. Twice. Twice in five days. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, it could be coincidences, but it could also be, you know, you, you're pursuing this and you're open to it and you're yeah. in a totally different headspace than you were six months ago. And I think maybe some of these things came up last year and mm-hmm. you didn't pay attention because you weren't, right. you weren't there yet. That's encouraging, though. When I was getting an international phone plan for AT&T, I told the woman where I was going, and she's like, are you going to these places by yourself? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, whoa, that's crazy. That's that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need to go get some work done. She's like, oh, what are you doing? And I said, did I tell you this story? No. I said, oh, I'm going to go write a, I'm going to go like start, start a book. And she's like, what are you going to write a book about? This is an AT&T agent. I said, oh. Are you in the store or are you on the phone? No, I'm on the phone. Okay. And she, I said, oh, I'm going to write a book about depression. <laughs> and, but it's going to be a funny book. And she, like, 45 minutes later, has told me the story of her suicidal, her suicide, the, the suicidal year of her life, where the father of her child decided that he didn't want to be in the the child's relationship anymore and how it caused her to spiral so out of control that she lost her job and she had to move in with her daddy and her daddy saved her life. And I was in tears by the end of this with this AT&T agent. And (laughs) she's like, please go write that book. I want to read it so bad. I'm like, this is crazy. (laughs) I mean, talk about in an unlikely place too. Yeah. Oh my God. And on the phone. I mean, I could see, I guess if you were in the store, there's like that natural dynamic to talk, but yeah. Wow. So that's like three people in a very small amount of time. Oh, that's just the three. That's, that's just, that's not even like, there has been probably no less than two dozen of these things that have happened. Like over the last month or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sign. Yeah. So my mother pulled me aside when I had mentioned that I was going to go to Paris to do this and she didn't I tell you this? She grabbed me by the shoulders <laughs> and she said, she looked at me in the face. She goes, look at me, look at me. Your calling is not with those cows. <laughs> you did tell me that. Oh yeah. You did tell me that. Oh, Your man. calling is with people like your sister. You know, it was my, my nephew is really depressed. He's out on his mission and he's really depressed and anxious. And we've been sending him really encouraging email and, my sister, who's never suffered from anxiety or depression, doesn't know what to say. And she's like, your calling is with people like your sister. Your calling is not with those cows. I like the cows. The cows are good. <laughs> she's, got, she's got to add that like little caveat in. That's important work, but this is where your calling is, Heather. I mean, it's just, it's at a point with you, I think, where like all of these pieces are kind of falling into place together. And it, you can call it coincidence, but I think it's also the place you've put yourself intentionally mm-hmm. or, or maybe even unintentionally. I mean, maybe it's just kind of where you've ended up because subconsciously you knew this is where you needed to be. It's been a ride the last few months getting, getting to this point and doing all of this. It's been a ride. It's been a joyous, like, holy shit. When you, when you take a, a step toward what you want to happen in life, what happens, what can happen, the force of making the decision, yeah. the action of making a decision, like I'm going to do this and everything that sort of, I, once you make that decision, so much happens to support it. Yeah, as long as as long as long you're backing it with yeah. everything, yeah. It's and scary as hell. Yeah. Well, there's the decisions you make that know, you know they're getting you one step closer to X, right? Yeah. But then there's the other decisions and you're, you're just hoping, I'm going to try this, I'm going to see what happens, you know, and it ends up doing the same thing. I think it was it was Neil Gaiman who gave like a graduation speech and it's been a number of years, maybe like 2012, 2013 at a university, maybe in Philadelphia. I don't completely remember, but he gave a great speech about making art and pursuing creativity. And he was describing his own career path and he said he got to a point where there were so many different options and he didn't really know what to do. So he would just envision this mountain that he had to climb. And at the top of the mountain was this end goal, this end goal that he had in mind. And everything that came at him, he would look at it and say, does that bring me farther up the mountain or not? And if it did, 
he would embrace it. And if it didn't, he would pass. And he kind of talks about how these things would come along that he would pass on, but maybe if they had come along two years earlier, they would have brought him closer, but now they don't. And it's kind of like that, that idea, this gradual ascent yeah. based on one decision or choice or opportunity after the next. Yes. You just happen to be climbing to Paris <laughs> on the second floor in 90 degree summer heat. So it'll be great. I'll just take a lot of cold showers and sit around with like wet towels on my head. There you go. Yeah. Drinking some chilled rosé <laughs> all day long. All day long after I write a couple of paragraphs, pages, six pages, six pages. Ugh. There you go. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, I think I remember talking about this. You've got a pretty reasonable goal. It's not like you're going there to write an entire book in four No, months. I've got a reasonable goal of yeah. what I can accomplish. In the middle of it, two of my friends are flying out and are staying with me for five days. And that's when I'm going to do all the touristy stuff. Like I'll save, you know, the Louvre, the... I'll save all the major museums and all that stuff for when they're here. They're there. I got, I got a couple of people that I really trust were like, listen, you know, you go see the, the good stuff, yes, but the best way to do Paris is just to walk out your door and wander. That's it. Just go wander. Go wander around. Which is my total idea of like, that's the best, that, that's my idea of the great, uh, of the best day. So that's what I'm going to do is write during the really hot hours of the day and then towards the evening, wander the city and then do all that touristy stuff when they're there and turn 42 in, in Paris. Are they, are they going to be there for your birthday? They get there the day after. Okay. So it is, is like fine. a birthday celebration. Yeah. Very nice. And you'll have people there to do do the touristy stuff. So I feel like yeah. that will be more enjoyable because I'm the same way. I mean, I would rather just, just leave wherever I'm staying and stop and get coffee and, walk for two hours and take photos and get some lunch and without any kind of real agenda. Yeah. As long as it's not miserably hot, that really kills it for me. <laughs> like blazing sun, miserably hot. So if you're writing during those hottest periods, that'll be nice. Mm -hmm. So all this chaos right now, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Doesn't feel like it. No. And think we, we may have talked about this. Like for me, the most stressful part about traveling is the days and the hours leading up to getting on the plane it's just like those oh, yeah. two days and like the hours like i my anxiety is hyper hyper but like once i get to the airport i'm fine like it's uh, i'm totally calm but it's like i mean yesterday i sat down and i actually was like okay i'm making a list and oh shit <laughs> I, sh <laughs> I almost shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah 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 I'm the same. I, I need to get, the plane needs to take off and then I'm good mm -hmm. because you never, you get to the airport and then it's like a five hour delay. And I mean, you don't have any, anything else to pack. It's not like you still have that, but then it still feels like you're in this holding pattern. Yeah. And that's how the days leading up to travel always feel to me. Yes. But it's going to be great. So obviously we're not going to record for a while. Right. So unless I'm, bringing I, mic. I'm not bringing my mic. No. I could record into some sort of app. We could try that. I don't know. That's true. That's an option. It's an option. We'd have You'll to... You'll be six hours, seven hours ahead? I'll be seven hours ahead of you. Yeah. So we could do it like midday for me, and you'd be a few drinks in. At least a few drinks. Yeah. That See, I actually... Let's, let's find that app. That could be great. <laughs> I'll drink in the afternoon. I mean, I'm not above that. That could be, that could be pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. I could I could try to drop some French on you. Oh my god! That I yes, learn, that I will yeah. learn. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We may have to do that. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I know that one. <laughs> Three years in high school and two years in college, and that's what I know. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't take any in college, but I took three in high school, and that's about that's about the extent of it. Oué la salle de bain. Oh, Come god. on, top L two. <laughs> There you go. I, you know, I've always heard that if you try, they at least like, they appreciate that. But I on, yeah. I feel like if you try and it's that, like I would be terrible, really genuinely, like offensively terrible. Yeah. I think they'd rather me just admit that I don't know. You have to tell me. Tell me how it goes. Tell me how bonjour goes. Bonjour. <laughs> Ça va bien? Top hell too. <laughs> 
We just we begin. We. Oh God. <laughs> yes, with with the best possible American accent. You with can like, the, like the most southern, yes, <laughs> southern French accent. Oh wow. Oh man. Yeah. Here we go. Here it is. I gotta go do the work. I gotta go get it done. That's right. And maybe we'll record. I know we told everyone that we wouldn't, but maybe, maybe we, will. we will. That'll be a surprise. Yeah. I Ryan, bet if be, we do, and it'll be interesting for Ryan. Drinking, sorry. Well, it would be an interesting sort of like technological sound thing that he would have to tackle. Seeing as I would yeah. be, yeah. With the different file types and messing with an app, and you know. Yeah. And it would sound totally different, so that'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. See, so much to look forward to. Thanks to Paris. Thank you, Paris. How do you say thank you? Wait a minute. Totally. Wait. wait. <laughs> How do you isn't say it, thank isn't you? Isn't it just merci? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. I don't know. I don't even know what year it is. Merci, merci beaucoup. Okay. Well, what is please though? Um. <laughs> oh fuck! Shit! Um, you gotta. You should probably learn this one. I'm. I'm just completely. I have no idea. What, literally, have no idea what, what day it is. I cannot. I. I keep thinking that today is Thursday, but today's Wednesday. Um. Yes, today is. Sivu play. Sivu play. Sivu play. That's go. right. <laughs> Anybody listening to this episode is like screaming, "Duh! Sivu right. play, bitches!" <laughs> oh yeah, you have to at least have some of those basics down. I, I know how to ask for the bathroom. That's all I need to know. There you go. Then you're set. Maybe bathroom and like something to do with the train. You, you got to know the, the public transit, I think. I'll figure that out. Yeah, you're good. I can read French. I can read it. Oh, if you can read it, then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. When they speak it, though, it's like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which will be like when they announce the next stop on the train. Speak very slowly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, there we go. <sighs> if any of you have said goodbye to your children, <laughs> how did it go? Uh, we'd love to hear from you about anything. <laughs> sounds like we're ending like America's Most Wanted. <laughs> if any of you have seen this man, please call. If any of you know what day it is, please write in and let us know what day it is. If you had seen our text to each other earlier, like, what the fuck? What yes. about tomorrow morning? What about today? What about what about Friday? I don't know. Yep. Trying to fit. And I'm not even going anywhere. And I feel like just the holiday is totally fucked up the entire week. Yeah. But yeah, if you can tell us what day or year it is or was, even an approximation, that'd be great. You can always find us. Uh, via email at stories at manicramblings.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings. And until next time, comment appelles-tu? Ça va bien? Oui? Oui. Ça va bien? Oui. Ratatouille. (laughs) Yes, that's the key. And everything with that. Oh my God, ratatouille. I know that word. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.